Welcome to chapter 12 of The Lock. It's called The Law. Before we jump into that, uh, if you didn't hear the announcement in the previous episode, uh, my book Duplicate Minds is now on sale. So if you head to tinyurl.com slash duplicate minds, that'll redirect you right to the Amazon page for the book and you can uh, buy a copy. Um, Also, uh, do you like audiobooks? Well, if you head to audibletrial.com slash the lock, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible and get a free audiobook that's yours to keep even after the trial ends. And I get a commission if you go through that URL. And so it's it's a good way to get a free audiobook and also help support this podcast. So again, that URL is audibletrial.com slash the lock. And remember, you can always uh, read along or even read ahead on Wattpad. Uh, the URL for that is tinyurl.com slash Wattpad the lock. And without further ado, let's jump into chapter 12. Chapter 12, The Law Gabriel wandered around town, sipping his stolen gin straight out of the bottle and searching for a place to plant himself for the night. He sauntered into a city park and plunked himself down on the bottom end of a teeter-totter. The wind whipped against his body, penetrating his jacket and forcing a chill through his body. He took an extra-long gulp of the gin. He knew alcohol didn't raise one's body temperature. It actually lowered it and the sensation of warmth was an illusion. But in his current state, that was good enough. I'm pathetic. He knew he was being ridiculous, getting hung up on his first truly serious girlfriend. As the saying goes, there's plenty of fish in the sea. But he didn't want quantity. He wanted quality. He wanted Emma. And Nate had her, not him. Nate. As much as Gabriel was loath to admit it, he seemed like a good guy. He was nice, hospitable, and it seemed like he genuinely cared a great deal for Emma, perhaps almost as much as Gabriel did. He worked in what Gabriel considered a douchey profession, but at least it was a stable one. Nate could provide for Emma in a way Gabriel never could. Why would Emma ever want to be with the type of guy who would be sitting on a piece of children's playground equipment late at night guzzling down a bottle of gin? He couldn't stay here. He had to go somewhere else. Anywhere else as far from Emma as he could get. He stood and stumbled away, out of the park and down the street. He couldn't walk straight, and for some reason he found it funny. He started singing Johnny Cash's I Walk the Line and giggling between sips from the gin bottle. Suddenly, out of nowhere, sirens screeched and flashing blue and red lights filled his vision. He couldn't tell where it was coming from. Disoriented, he tripped over an uneven seam in the sidewalk and dropped the bottle. It shattered, and the little bit of gin that was left trickled onto the ground. Hello there, a voice boomed. Having a fun night? Gabriel looked up at the police officer, taking in his crisp blue uniform and shiny badge. No, I'm not, he said, his speech slurred. He laughed bitterly. You don't know the half of it. The officer, a tall, fit man who looked to be in his late thirties, approached Gabriel, shining a bright light into his eyes. Ow, shut that off, Gabriel shouted, bringing his arms up to shield his face from the light. He took a few steps back, stumbling but narrowly avoiding a fall. The officer shined the light onto the shattered bottle, then back at Gabriel. Have you been driving tonight, sir? Does it look like I have a car? He snapped. 
No need to get riled up. I'm just asking you a question. I'm not getting riled up, and I don't need to answer your stupid questions. He stepped toward the officer aggressively and tripped. He stretched out his arms to break the fall he thought was coming, but instead of hitting the ground, his hands landed upon the officer's chest. The officer didn't take kindly to being pushed. He yanked on Gabriel's backpack, pulled it off, and threw it to the ground. He grabbed Gabriel's arms and pinned them to his back. You just assaulted an officer of the law. He retrieved a pair of handcuffs from his belt and secured them to Gabriel's wrists. Looks like you're going to be sobering up in jail. What? You can't arrest me. It was an accident. Ow! You're hurting me! The officer pushed him toward his squad car. He opened the door to the back seat and shoved Gabriel inside, then slammed the door shut. A moment later, the driver's side door opened as the officer slid in behind the wheel. Hey, Gabriel called out. Where's my backpack? The officer threw the backpack onto the passenger seat. Don't worry, you'll get it back when you're released. Gabriel shook with rage. How dare this, this pig, put him in handcuffs and haul him off for something that was clearly an accident. But he knew at this point there was nothing he could say or do to rectify the unfortunate situation he found himself in. The officer pulled onto the road. As the car moved, Gabriel found himself getting carsick. He moaned, holding his hands to his stomach, which had started gurgling. Hey man, can you pull over? I think I'm going to be sick. The officer glanced at Gabriel in the rearview mirror. Don't you dare puke in my back seat. I won't be able to avoid it unless you pull the hell over. Damn it. The cop pulled the car over to the side of the road. He got out, walked to the back seat, and opened the door. Don't get out, just lean over. Gabriel scooted to the edge of the seat and leaned his head out the side of the car. He heaved once, but nothing came out. The officer stood over him, holding the door open. He turned away for a moment, sighing as if questioning his career choice, when Gabriel acted. He pushed off against the floor of the car, darting between the officer's legs and the car door. Hey! the officer shouted. He spun around and reached out for his fleeing captive, but came away empty-handed. Gabriel had already sprinted away and was speeding toward a nearby parking lot as fast as his legs would go. He looked ridiculous, running off with his hands cuffed behind his back, but he didn't care. He couldn't let the officer apprehend him again. It simply was not an option. He was still drunk, but the adrenaline pumping through his veins had at least partly sobered him. He shook his head back and forth, searching for a means of escape from the officer's pursuit. That is, if the officer even was pursuing him, he didn't dare look back to check. He ran through the parking lot and considered hiding behind one of the cars, but if the, hot, if the cop was hot on his tail, hiding wouldn't do any good. He ran across the street into someone's yard. There was a small shed, and as he approached it, he prayed it was unlocked. He had to back up to it and reach for the handle with one of his handcuffed hands, which gave him the opportunity to see if the cop was on his tail. He wasn't. Just as he was letting out a sigh of relief, he grabbed the shed's handle and turned it. The door was unlocked, and he pulled it open. He stepped inside, then backed up to the door and pulled it closed. The shed was full of tools, and he had difficulty fitting into the cramped space. Finally, however, he knelt and settled into a comfortable position. As comfortable as one could get with one's hands bound behind their back, that is. Now that he was safely hidden, he reflected on everything that had happened. He'd been stupid to engage with the cop, but he hadn't been thinking straight. He'd been distraught over seeing Emma and her new lover, and the alcohol had only exacerbated the emotional turmoil. Thankfully, he'd gotten away and he was now safe and sound with everything. 
His backpack! The realization came upon him like a smack in the face. He had forgotten his backpack in the cop car. Everything he owned was in there. His clothes, his journals, his copy of the Jungle Book, and the money? No, the money was still in his jacket pocket. Unless it had fallen out, but he didn't think it had. He wouldn't be able to check until he got out of these cuffs. And the key, surely the key was still nestled in his pocket. If it wasn't, he was doomed. His heart raced and a pit formed in his stomach. He was awake for nearly an hour, but finally the alcohol in the system overwhelmed him, and he drifted off into a fitful sleep. And that concludes chapter 12 of The Walk. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, just a reminder, if you head to my website, stephenweibel.com, and click on free stuff, you can sign up for my email list, and I will send you a free book straight to your inbox. Thanks, and see you next week.